2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Positive Friday rolling through. Lovely day outside. It's great. Hope you're having an awesome one. I'm Jason Greger. Connor Halley, Gregor Show, is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And we are coming to you live from the E-Well Studio, E-W-E-L. Well, they they have the highest advancements in electric technology. Um, uh, they also have a wheel, so they have like a staff, and so people who want to go to uh, order games because they have tickets, and then they, they have this makeshift wheel that they spin, and everybody puts their name on it, and then they spin, and if your name is comes up, then you win. So, I'm not sure their wheel of, of tickets is very high-tech, but their uh, electrical products are excellent. E-W-E-L dot C-A. I saw it. I was dying laughing. It's so funny, but you know what? Hey, uh, probably causes uh, good camaraderie amongst the uh, the staff to uh, see your name come up on the wheel. I don't know if they call it the wheel of tickets, but maybe that's maybe we should get one of those cons. Get a little wheel you can just spin around.
4: I like that. Like a really massive one?
3: Um. No, no,
4: it wasn't that big. Well, I think we got to go big with ours. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, uh, speaking of going big, uh, we're getting a TV installed in the uh, studio just in time <laughs> for the regular season next week. Because, hey, man, you got to be able to watch the game. It's, uh, that's pretty obvious. So that'll be, uh, that'll be nice. Uh, we welcome in our uh, Friday contributor to the program, Wanya Gretz. I'm glad I got in
5: on this before we blew up and got a TV
3: yeah, exactly. you know, I was sure. here day one. I say mm-hmm. like, I remember when we didn't even have a TV. New guys and gals. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what? Uh, if, if there's something to be part of it at the beginning, yeah, right.
5: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
3: You were here from uh, from week one. Week one. Yes. This is week four. five. Five. Five.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe you. Just like the NFL season, one week ahead.
3: Yes, that's right. So yep. uh, week five, we're still on the air. Uh, everything is. Uh, we've got a few little small things to uh, sort out, but I think they'll be done by next week. And uh, and away we go, which is uh, which is quite nice. So, um, there is, uh, the eighth preseason game, shoot me, shoot me now. Um, the, I would love the, I would love the NHL to uh, cap the, cause they have a minimum that you have to have play as five. Although last year, Carolina only played four. No one caught on till the end and then they kind of got in trouble. But by then it was too late. What'd they do to them? Nothing. That's yeah, well, exactly. Nothing. But uh, this year they're playing six. Cool. So every team plays six, but then there's nine teams who play eight and a few teams who play seven. Uh, I just, there's no reason to play eight. I'm going tonight. I'm thrilled they're playing the eighth sure. game tonight. Well, tonight could be the sixth game. This could be the funnest night of the whole you'd, preseason. You'd be equally thrilled if it was six games. Because here's the advantage. You could start the regular season earlier. You could start playoffs earlier. That'd be better. I'm
5: going to tell you a little secret about preseason hockey. The booze is in regular season form.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it's regular season prices. You, I'll yeah, tell you Hey, darn right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's uh. It's nice. So the orders will be ho- icing. Uh, pretty close to their uh, regular season lineup. Uh, McDavid, Kane, Brown, Drysdale, Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins, Fogle is in. Yanmark's in. Ryan's in. Peterson, Lavoie, and Ernie are all in. They're all battling. Ernie's going to play with Yanmark and Ryan. Uh, Peterson's going to center Lavoie and uh, Fogle. Now Dylan Hallway's not in, but he's healthy. He's already played five games. I think the, he's just getting a night off. He's played well. They don't need to see him. They wanted Lavoie Peterson and Ernie who are all battling for that final spot to get a shot in the lineup. So they're in. And Ryan McLeod skated the last two days. He was, uh, he was very optimistic. I had a long chat with him afterwards that uh, you know everything is good he, uh, you know, He's got one final step to get to And he thinks you know, he should get 100% clearance By uh, hopefully Sunday And uh, he's feeling that he should be ready to go on Wednesday uh, Matias Ekholm has had a few good days of practice Today was his first day with the group though And he didn't want to commit 100% And the only reason that he would play on Wednesday Was he said this has taken a little bit longer Than he had hoped He thought he'd be back a week ago But it's just lingered He didn't want to say exactly what it was And that's fine about, you know, kind of a hip flexor thing. So it just it's lingered longer, but he's pretty confident by the sounds of it that, that he should be ready to go by uh, Wednesday. Uh, doesn't think there'll be a lot of rust on it because he didn't play preseason games or not. He says, hey, I've been around the league a long time. But he did talk about how it's. he's never really been injured. He hasn't missed a lot of games. So he hasn't, you know, he's, he says, and uh, it was interesting because he, he t- I always like talking at home because he talked to the group of media guys today, and he mentioned how... You know, he's seen guys go through injuries and some guys get really caught up in themselves. You know, they're so focused on themselves. They don't come to team meetings. They don't hang out. And he's like, he thought because it's preseason, it's early. He was at every team meeting. And even when he skated early by himself in the morning, he would stick around to hang out with the guys afterwards. He's been chalking to Broberg and DeJarney and the young guys, giving him any feedback if they want. He says there's one thing to Broberg is when you get the puck, go. You can skate, get up the ice, be more aggressive. So watch for that tonight with Broberg. If he gets the puck, if you see him going, A little bit more. Because he is probably, I think... um, He might even skate better than Kulak, who's a really good skater. But it's close, right? Like, Nurse is their best skating defenseman. And Kulak can really move. And I think Broberg's right there as well. So look for that when you're going tonight to see it. And uh, he won't play. Brett Kulak didn't skate. And so that's where things could potentially... And I say that word in capital letters. Potentially. Be a little dicey. Because if Brett Kulak isn't ready to go Wednesday... And for whatever reason, Ekholm isn't ready to go Wednesday... Then when they decide, and they probably have to make, and the tough part is they'll have to make a move. I guess they could set the roster and then change it two days later. Then they'd have to recall Gleason. And then they'd have to send somebody down who had just, who uh, either Lavoie or Peterson, who's ever left. Because no offense, I don't think Adam Ernie's in the conversation. I could be wrong, but I don't see Adam Ernie getting a contract and both Peterson and Lavoie going down. I don't see that scenario unfolding. Who do you think ultimately? Is it Lavoie or Peterson? Do you care at this point?
5: I think Lavoie. I think he's had a good preseason, right? He's earned his spot, hasn't he?
3: Well, him and Peterson have both played well, for yeah. sure, right? I, I do. And I know for a fact, when you're an organization and you draft a player in the second round and you put in some time for development, you don't just want to lose him. And, and, yeah. and that might not be fair to Peterson, but it's just the truth that you've, you've got more equity right now in Lavoie.
5: You got to let that cage bird fly too. If they can't make the team, you got to let them fly. Maybe they can make one of the other 31 squads.
3: That's a fact. And and I've said this before Oilers of the 2010s, 11s, 12s, whatever, you didn't make that orders team. You're like, Meh, geez, do other teams want you? But now you're like, geez, Raphael Lavois can't crack the orders who are cup contender. Yeah. He probably could crack Anaheim if they wanted him, yep. or he could crack Montreal, Arizona. You know what I mean? Like it's just different now. So. That's a factor, but I also want to point out Sokolov just went through waivers. He's six foot three, 225-pound right winger. He's the same age as Raphael Lavoie. He's had back-to-back 50-point seasons in the American League. He's actually played some NHL games, so it's not a guarantee that he would get claimed. Now, I can see why they don't want to risk it because there is a chance. So I think it's probably Lavoie, but the wild card in all of this is the health of the order's back end and the fact that they can only have a 21-man roster. And, you know, you can play a game with 19 skaters if you have six defensemen. You don't really want to play a game with 12 forwards and five defensemen if you can avoid it. That's not it. Now, you could do it. Like Darnell Nurse could play one game when they ha, you know on Wednesday and play 30 minutes a night and they don't play again until Saturday. He could easily do it, right? And you could have other guys that can eat minutes. It, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It just wouldn't be ideal.
5: See that Darnell Nurse haters? There's ways he's going to earn his money. He's going to play 30 game minutes a game, and we're just
3: going to burn him out the old-fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. There's lots of people that dislike uh, Darnell Nurse.
5: Darnell Nurse can play 41 minutes a night and have 200 points. There'd be people in this city who still wouldn't like him. <laughs> That's actually probably true. He's just one of those guys. You get the big contract, and you've got the target on your back, and some people can never get over it.
3: Hey, guys, are we rushing Ekholm? If he is injured or needs time to fully recover, why rush him from Ron? No, actually, Ron, I think total opposite, right? Um, Ekholm said, you know what? We have all this extra time. We're taking extra time. So no, I, I don't think they're rushing him at all based on like, we haven't seen him even on the ice with the main group until today. So I don't I don't think they're rushing him. It's just, he. now this is his words and most athletes get frustrated. Rehab can be, what did he say? Well, I don't want to use the word Lonely, but I can see how it is. Like you're, you're kind of used to being in a pack, right? It's like your wolf pack to quote one of the greatest lines ever in cinematic history that, and then when you're injured, you don't necessarily feel part of it. So trust me, most guys would like to get back quicker. And and when they, when the trainers are like, pull the reins back, they just don't like it. So I, I, I remember,
5: oh, I remember Ryan Smith doing an interview a long time ago when he hurt his ankle and he said it was like being on an Island And he said, no man wants to be on an island. And I said, that's a brilliant quote, Smitty. You're one of the goats.
3: Yeah, that's fair. No one does. Like you, when you play hockey or you play any team sport, one of the best parts of it is just feeling part of a group. Like when you play men's league now, how many of you, or, you know, women's league, whatever, you're playing rec hockey as an adult. Are you there for the game or are you there for the camaraderie and the hanging out with people? Because I know how many people will tell you, oh, you're playing men's league. The dressing room culture matters more than your ability on the ice, right? Because you might have some guys that you're, you're a good group of friends and you got some guys that are like former minor pro players or NCAA or dub players. But then you got two buddies on your team that are just like really good guys and they're super fun and they're funny. They pay their
5: fees in advance. Yeah,
3: that's probably true, right? Or maybe they bring in the cooler, whatever it is. But you're like, those guys are just as important because you don't really care. Like, you know, the dream's over. You're not getting scouted in rec league, okay? Even though some still play like they are.
5: Some people can make that jump, though, from River Cree 1130 on a Tuesday night to playing in the NHL. Some people can make those jumps, Geiger. It's just not a lot of people.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's the odd one, the odd guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but it's true. So I get why in the, in the NHL all of a sudden that and. You, And you're probably even more tight knit because when you play rec league, you know, you get together on the Monday night or the Wednesday night, but then you go home and you're married or you got a girlfriend or whatever. You're not hanging out all the time. You're in a hockey team, you practice every day. You go for lunch with a few guys every day. When you're on the road, you're on a 10 game road trip, you're together all the time.
5: How many jobs are there out there where you get together with twenty three of your coworkers and go away for five days?
3: Yeah. And have and like get to play hockey. Right? Like, do something that you all love. Normally, with your coworkers, there's a few that are like, God, I hate this job. This sucks.
5: Some hockey players are like that, though. Some pro athletes. Look at Joe Kick, rather, in the NBA coming back to work, and he looks like the most miserable man on earth. Nah,
3: he's just a pretty—you know what, though? That's his personality. His teammates say he's a ball of fun all the time. But they also—he
5: says, I don't want to be here, though. He's very explicit about it. For some of these pro athletes, yeah. it is a job.
3: Well— well, I don't, has he said he didn't want to be there? He just says he didn't want football. He, he has other things in his life that interest him. When other you than see basketball. him
5: walking up to the opening seat, his hands are in his pockets. He's got a hangdog expression. He's looking all sad. The social media people can't even draw a smile out of him. He wants to be back home overseas racing horses. Yeah. dancing. Have you seen the video of him dancing in the club after his horse won? Oh, yeah. I didn't even know he could smile like that.
3: Dude, that's what I'm saying. He's got other interests. Yeah. But all I know is that guy balls when it matters. Oh, like yeah. His teammates are like, you can have you can have perma-scowl. I don't care. When you show up on game day, you're the, one of the best passers we've ever seen. It's he's not like a smiling a, contest. He's making magic. like He can pass the ball like Magic Johnson. Yeah, And he's bigger than Magic Johnson, which is crazy. So I'm actually... Uh, he's one of those guys that is... For me if there is a certain NBA game on I want to watch Denver right now because he's like Steph Curry I want to watch for his shooting abilities LeBron James in his heyday was a freak and right now the Joker is one of those guys where I'm like if I got 15 minutes to watch basketball I hope Denver's on
5: I think about him though loving horse racing so much in the off season I think about the Nuge also owning a horse race how great would it be to see the Nuge in the winner's circle doing a dance like the Joker was in the off
3: season well his horse that's all he does is win but he doesn't dance well, there's maybe no video of it. You don't know that. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. But Nugent Hopkins horse, I think it won, like it had a streak. Infinite it, patience? Yes. It won 10 consecutive races.
4: <whistles> so.
3: It's Bring bad. him by. That's not bad.
5: Where's he racing? Where's he running these races? All in BC?
3: Um, no, there is a few. Uh, there's a few in Alberta. And I think he might have raced one in the States. I got a double. G. Don't quote me on that one. I don't want to c- claim falsehoods. But, um. Yeah, I think there was a few in other places, not just in BC. So, and he loves it, like trust me. You want the best thing to do is ask Nugent Hopkins before I interview him about hockey. I ask him two horse racing questions, just off. Now all of a sudden he's relaxed, he's in a good mood. Okay, let's talk about the power play. It's way easier. Do you know how he got into it? I you know what? I've never read that just It's such a strange fact for a
5: guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who we know so little about. He's such a quiet guy off the ice and even on the ice quiet. That there's this weird fact sitting there by itself, like, oh, but he also owns and runs a racehorse.
3: I think there is someone in his family but who is in, I gotta double check on that. But that's that's what my gut is telling me, and I could be wrong on that, but that's what uh that's what I think. I got you know what? It's positive Friday. Um Guys, Nurse is a five, six million dollar defenseman on a nine million dollar contract. If anything, I'm at the front office, Forrest. Forrest, you're, you're so wrong, I can't even say it. A five or... He's a top ten scoring defenseman, five on five. Okay? He's not a five or six million dollar defense. Do you know that Darnell Nurse... And you can go to thank Woodguy for PuckIQ.com. It's a fantastic website. Go there, and then go look at who plays the most minutes against elite forwards in the league. In the league Oh geez, Darnell Nurse But he's a $5 million defenseman Like, no, like It's so incredibly inaccurate You can dislike Darnell Nurse But don't make claims like that If you want to say Darnell Nurse is $8 million defenseman Eight and a half I could probably live with that I could probably live with it Like I said, go compare the production Go compare ice time The actual stats that they look at for defensemen Go compare them to Dougie Hamilton and Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski and Morgan Riley. Go compare it and then go do the average of all their contracts. You know what it is? It's 8.625 mil. So if you want to get your shorts in a knot about a $600,000 overpay, knock yourself out. But that's what it is. But don't make egregiously false claims that he's a five or six million dollar defenseman. Okay. And then to the Einsteins, like, yeah, but Kale McCarr it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Is Leon Dreisaitl people look and say, bargain deal, right? That's what they say. It doesn't mean that the guys who make more than him are terrible. It's because he got a good contract at the right time. That's what it means. Kale McCarr wasn't a UFA. If you can't understand that comparing UFA contracts to RFA contracts is different, I can't help you. Like, I'm sorry, I, I can't help you, right? Like, what, what, I'll, I'll ask this. What would you need to hear to believe that Darnell Nurse isn't a five or $6 million defenseman? Honestly, that's a question, so tell me what your answer is. Because otherwise, you're just, you're you're wrong, and it's pointless, and we're, honestly, I'm done discussing Darnell Nurse's contract. I'm never mentioned again in the show, honestly, because it's stupid. It's pointless. His contract is what it is. There's, there's massive amounts of actual data and articles written about it. And if you don't want to take the time to look it up, I can't help you.
5: Are you telling me if you bring up Darnell Nurse's contract again that there's a punishment associated with no, it? No, not at all. I'm just oh, not going to mention I the may- number. I thought maybe you were I'm like it mention- out there and guarantee you'd never can discuss mention it again. It.
3: You can mention oh, it. I love talking about I'm, Darnell I'm Nurse's done contract. i it because it's a stupid argument that's been proven false by the people who claim he's a five and six million. So what if Connor
5: and I can get you to bring up Darnell Nurse's contract again? Do we win a prize?
3: Sure. We do? Mm-hmm.
5: Really? Yeah, I'll get you a popsicle. Positive Friday popsicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Challenge accepted.
3: Yeah. Hey, guys, people want to scale back on offense and play better defense. It was a better PK guy. Um, the Oilers' penalty kill last year wasn't very good. But then go look at it two to other years. It was very good. Um, you know what the number one thing that changed on the penalty kill last year to the previous years? Goaltender save percentage. Goalies make more saves. Everybody looks better. Um, As for playing better defense, go look at Darnell Nurse's numbers defensively and go look at who he plays against. When you play the most minutes against elite forwards, guess what? And not by a little bit, by a lot. Now, part of that's because the orders didn't have anybody else, right? So, you know, you... Any defenseman who has to play that many more minutes against elite guys, guess what? Now you're putting yourself in a position you're going to get scored on more. Doesn't mean that Darnell Nurse is perfect. Can Darnell Nurse improve some areas of his game? 100%. Does this count as talking about his contract? Did I mention a number? I did not. You were very I'm close. talking about his play on the ice. You and if you want to evaluate, yeah. and that's to me, evaluate his play on the ice. Yeah. Go look at the numbers. They're all right there. You can search them up. Take two seconds to look at it.
5: He's one of very few Oilers in recent memory, too, who will answer the bell 10 times out of 10 if he's on the ice. I can't count the number of times you've seen players skate by a scrum on their way to the bench. Darnell Nurse always is ready to drop the gloves or lay out a check. And there's a value to that, too.
3: Yeah. Oh, hey. Lots of factors. Connor Halley has uh, his hosting. Connor, where are you tonight? We are leaving early. Where are you going? I am uh, heading out
4: to Spruce Grove to uh, watch the Elks take on the Argos, yeah. Mm. Like I said, going to fill up the tank because gas is cheaper out in Spruce and <laughs> stop by my favorite cookie shop. Make it a make a little day of it. How come you've never
3: brought any of your favorite
4: cookie shop into the studio? Well, I'd have to go to Spruce then come back to make sure they're fresh. Day of only? I, got, oh. I mean, I, I got the cinnamon buns out there. Well, what more do I need to do? It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'll bring cookies... Next time you go to Spruce Grove on a weekday? Yeah, next time I go out there on a weekday morning, I'll bring some back. Mm.
3: You can't just heat them up? They're not as good? Mm. Uh, (laughs) I mean, they would be good. Uh, All right. We'll see. We'll see. Not this time, though, because two days, it wouldn't be fair. All right. Well, the Duke will be taking over for the con man. All right. Thanks, buddy. Let's uh, get to a quick break. When we come back, Craig Button will join us. On Sports 1440 and live and Orders Nation YouTube. Pause of Friday continues on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation uh, YouTube. I'm Jason Greger alongside Wanye uh, Gretz because it's time to go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's Monopoly is back right now. Peel on your pack, then peel in your app. For a limited time, see all the rules at mcdpromotion.ca. More chances to play in-store and on the app, mcdpromotion.ca. As we welcome back to the show the first time on Sports 1440, our regular uh, Friday contributor, Craig Button. Butts, how you doing?
6: I am great. It's great to uh, be part of uh, your new uh, domain and your domicile. and uh, couldn't be happier to staying with you i love being part of your
3: show jason awesome great well we love to have you i always have a uh, good insights uh, never afraid to share your opinion wouldn't make you great so uh, i was actually a little surprised i didn't bring you in as a as like a. uh the orders had a big pickleball tournament but i didn't you didn't get the invite for that so maybe you'll have to play their champions broberg and holloway next i like my chances <laughs> i
6: really know the weaknesses i like my chances I think we could do a charity thing and raise some money.
3: Oh, you, well, you might. Well, the best part was there was many orders that were upset that Broberg and Holloway won because they felt like that they shouldn't have won. It was awesome. So, uh, lots of Fogel and Bouchard said they choked. McDavid felt like his side of the bracket was too strong. It was hilarious, uh, hilarious.
6: Um, oh, I, I, don't you love it? See, you, you know, pickleball is serious. Uh, like a lot of, and, and there's another great example. Everybody thinks that pickleball is for people over fifty. There's, there's The greatest hockey player on the planet right now is, is, is not complaining. That wouldn't be the right way, but didn't like his side of the bracket. He's playing. Hussard's he playing. All these young guys are playing.
3: Yeah, they are, Craig. It's true. Now, I want to ask you about um... – Playing in the uh, in the Atlantic Division, I think Toronto going to finish first. But what do you make of Boston? Uh, Tampa's goalies out for the first two uh, two months. Uh, Florida's got some key injuries with Montour and Ekblad. A lot of people think Buffalo's on the up and up. Uh, what do you make of the Atlantic Division after Toronto? Well,
6: there's a, there, obviously there's a, a changing of the guard in some respects. You know, Boston, and, and let's not forget last year at this time, Jason. There was a lot of, what are the Boston Bruins? And we saw what they became over the course of the year. Jim Montgomery did a great job. Set an all-time record with respect to, to points. And, you know, then they, they ran into injuries at the worst possible time, playoff time, and they went out. They have excellent goaltending. Their blue line is still really good. They still have really good players. and Some of their younger players are going to get an opportunity. Don Sweeney has said this is an opportunity for us to see what we have with some of our younger players, see how they handle increased playing time, understand how they can integrate themselves into the lineup. I see the blue ones in the playoffs. I don't have any – they're not going to get 135 points. and There's going to be a drop-off, but I still see them as a very good team and a very solid team that's going to be uh, a strong team in the, Atlantic, uh, in the Atlantic Division. You know, when you talk about Tampa Bay, it's not just the injury to Vasilevsky. It's how many good players, solid contributing players that have, have, have departed the organization in the last number of years, and it's going to catch up with you at some point in time. The Florida Panthers barely made the playoffs last year. Yeah, I know they went to the Stanley Cup final, but with the injuries to Montour and Eswat, I think both those teams could miss the playoffs. And that least, I mean, Detroit. I don't think is ready to be in the playoffs. Buffalo has to improve their defensive play. I think they're a good young team. all is not going to make the playoffs. The team I'd be we I'd be watching if I'm in the Atlantic, the Ottawa Senators. I think the Ottawa Senators could be this year's New Jersey Devils. You know, if I said to you this at this time last year, Jason, everybody should be worried about the New Jersey Devils, people would have probably scoffed. But well, New Jersey Devils not only had more points than the Toronto Maple Leafs, they went from 69 to 112. The Ottawa Senators had 86 points last year. I think the Ottawa Senators are primed to take a big step forward. And if I'm anybody in that Atlantic division and I got to play them in the first round of the playoffs, I'm not happy because I think they got everything you need. I know Pinto's not signed where Josh Norris is at, but I think that team is primed to do what the Devils did last year.
5: As the preseason comes to to an end, Craig, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on early Connor Bedard.
6: Well, I'm going to, you know it was a couple of years. It wasn't a couple of years. It was the spring of 2022. I was talking to John Paddock, uh the the former uh, GM and coach in Regina, and longtime uh, longtime coach and executive in the NHL and WHL. And he said to me, he said, "The thing about Connor is he's been under the spotlight since he was 12 years old." And there's been no spotlight too bright for him, and he saw that, and he just saw him brilliantly all the way through that. I know he's on a team that isn't very good in Chicago, but as John reminded me at that time, he came to a team in Regina that was the worst team in the Western Hockey League, and all he did was dominate. And you know, you watch Connor, the hockey sense is off the charts. We know how great his skills are. You know, if he had a little bit more talent around him, he might be able to set up a little bit more points. But I think Connor is going to have a terrific season. You're asking me if you're asking me who I think the rookie of the year candidate. I'd put Bedard and Logan Cooley as the two guys. I think they're the two players early on that can put up the off create the offense, put up the numbers. But I think Connor Bedard's going to be an impact player. But the other thing that I found with Connor is he's a quick learner, and the NHL doesn't afford you opportunity to kind of dip a toe in. You got to learn quick. And I think that serves Conor Bedard very well.
3: Craig Button joins us on Sports 1440. Um, What about Fantilli, Craig? Um, Hey, and I want to say this. I I don't have high expectations because I think being a teenager is really hard in the NHL. It's been proven. But um, what do you make of Fantilli and um, what's kind of your expectations for him in
6: Columbus? I I think he's got a chance to be a a real solid player. He'd probably be the third player I would have uh, and maybe a dead heat with him and Leo Carlson. Because Leo Carlson, Leo Carlson, you, you know, we lined up in the game, uh, the preseason game, the last preseason game. with eager on the left wing and Troy Carey on the right wing. That, well, that sets up a player pretty good. I don't think Fantilli has that opportunity in uh, in Columbus. You know, you have John Goudreau and you talked about, but they're, they're trying to see if Line A can play in the middle. I don't think there's a, enough talent around Adam Santilli. And, I think that Adam's going to go through some of those, some of those periods where the Columbus Blue Jackets they might start him on the wing, they might have him in the middle, everything that goes with it. Adam was Adam's ready for the NHL in terms of physical play, and physically he's ready. But I think there might be a little bit more growing pains for Adam Fentilli than they than there is going to be for Connor Bedard. And for Leo Carlson, who played in the Swedish Elite League last year and certainly has a, a good surrounding cast on his line, if that's how they proceed, it just gives him a little bit of, a, of an edge ahead of them. So you're right, Jason. You know, the number of teenagers that have excelled in the league at this age, and we'll talk coming out of the draft, 18-year-old players, it, it, it's not, there's not very many that have done that. But I do think Bedard can do that. Cooley dominated college hockey last year, was dominant at the World Junior Tournament uh, for Team USA. So I, th- that's why I have him and Bedard 1-2 in the calder Trophy race. Santilli is a driver. Carlson is, uh, is somebody that's got a lot of maturity to his team. So those players, I think, will have periods of success, but I think it'll be a, l- a little bit harder with the team uh, with, and, and none of those players are on good teams. And but I think that individually they can they can hold their own in the National Hockey I think they're ready. I think they're ready for the NHL. But I do put Bedard and Cooley a notch above both the other two.
3: Craig, there are some uh, some interesting teams: Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. Uh, people think maybe they can move up, and obviously somebody has to move down in the West. You know, Vancouver last year obviously didn't play to the level they wanted. Goaltending played a big factor. Calgary missed by two points despite terrible goaltending, really, from Markstrom. 17 overtime losses. Huberdeau was was well below what, what he could be. I'm not saying he's a 115-point guy, but, geez, he probably should at least be an 80-point player. Um, what do you make of the changes in Vancouver and Calgary, and do you see those teams being playoff teams? Well, let, me start in, uh, let
6: me start in Vancouver, and then I'll finish in, in Calgary. You know, think about last year when the Vancouver Canucks started out. Wasn't there a lot of hope for the Vancouver Canucks just like there is this year? There was. Bruce Boudreau nearly got them in the playoffs the year before. Bruce, there it is. And then we saw what ended up happening. They weren't very good. Defensively, they weren't very good. So, you know, you bring in a new coach, Rick Dockett. You know, talks about trying to prove. Listen, they brought in Carson Soucy. They brought in Ian Cole. They made a trade last year for Philip Verona. You know, so you're, you're, you're improving incrementally in, in terms of your blue line. And, 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 that, and those are steps in the right direction for the Vancouver Canucks. Make no mistake about it. You have Quinn Hughes, who's the number one defenseman. I think can be, uh, like can play in your top two pairs. After that, all they got is a collection of bottom pair defensemen. That leaves you two defensemen short. And two defensemen in this league, in this specific division, a strong Pacific division, is two too many. So, like, I know Demko's good. I know how good their offense is. I think Rick Pocket's going to have an influence on the team. But Bruce Boudreau did it. Travis Green did it. Until they get better defensemen, I don't think they can compete for a playoff spot. Or secure one. Maybe they can compete for one, but I don't think, that, I don't think they're good enough. I, and, and yeah, they've made incremental improvements, but not good enough in the Pacific Division. The Calgary Flames had a year where, and, and you know, we can talk, they have 22 losses in overtime or shootouts. That means they, they, they fell short by one goal, they couldn't find a goal in those moments. So they have enough talent. Their blue line is good. Their offensive play last year was good. Marstrom had a tough year. The friction that was in that organization last year with Daryl Sutter as the head coach was significant. It was everywhere. It was in every corner of the organization. Daryl's not there anymore. And I think that in and of itself will be significant. Yeah, is not going to get 115 points, but you look at where he performed in previous years up until coming there, one of the best in the league and I think he'll get back to 80, 85 points. Chad will have a better year. Maaggioponni'll have a better year you know and, and, and the blue line is still really good. Marshall will have a better year. I have the flames in the playoffs. I have the flames in the playoffs and then, and I think they'll be fighting for, for third place in the division. I have Vegas and Edmonton one2, but I think between LA and Calgary that's the fight. for the the third spot. The other one, I think, will get the wild card. So I have four from the Pacific, for sure, in the playoffs next year. And Vancouver isn't one of them.
3: All right. See, and I agree with you that there was lots of uh, excitement going into Vancouver last season. Um, I do think the injury to Demko uh, played a major factor. Uh, in their season, um, uh, we'll see if they have as many distractions as they had last year. But uh, I just I look at Seattle, Craig, and, and I think hey, Seattle had an unbelievable year last year for them. It's amazing, despite having meh goaltending. Like <laughs> they had an eight ninety save percentage, and they still had a hundred points, which is crazy uh, for how good the rest of their team was. I just I think Seattle's susceptible to be getting caught. Uh, I agree with you. I have Calgary in. I have Vancouver actually catching uh, Seattle, and for the first time ever. There'll be five pacific teams in the playoffs
6: yeah and, and i mean seattle i don't think you can dismiss seattle uh you, and, and again you talk about the goaltending they play fast they play a really good style of play where they apply such bonus and that gave them some success but you know when, when your goaltending is off and you're taking advantage in other areas you know those margins you know, if the goaltender improves a little bit, but you fall off in another area, you know, it's got to balance out. And it's tight in the Pacific Division, and certainly, uh, you know, Seattle had a had a great run. I mean, they beat Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. So I'm not dismissing them, but I, I I like your I like the word susceptible.
3: Craig, uh one last one for you. Um, the I know it's a long ways away, but uh, and Edmonton fans probably won't care about it. But there's lots of people out there who are uh, who are some of the uh, I know the Finnish defenseman got injured. That kind of sucks because he was rated in the top five and he's out now four months. But uh, who are some of the guys in the Western League that uh, hockey fans who love the draft should be uh, paying close attention to that could be high picks. Well, let,
6: let, let me be real quick here. Uh, you're you're reaching me tonight. I'm I'm in Plymouth, Michigan. I'm watching the USA National Team Development Program. You know Cole Isman, elite goal scorer. You know, but Macquen Celebrini from the Lower Mainland playing at Boston University. I mean, it's, to me, it's him and it's him and uh, excuse me, it's him and Eisenman for first overall. Uh, interestingly enough, you know the West. You know they got a number of of, of late Berkeley, uh, you know, and, that aren't eligible for this year's draft. That are going to come up next year and be, you know, really strong uh, candidates. But Berkeley Catton, who plays in Spokane, I mean, he was brilliant for Canada at at, at the U uh, at the Linka Gretzky. Uh, he was excellent on a bad team last year in Spokane. He started out just like he did. He, he's such a Cerebral, smart, skilled player. And uh, there's no question. I mean, for me right now, he, he's the best player in, in, in the Western Hockey League. Ryder Ritchie, who plays in Prince Albert, really, really uh, a good player. A, a, a scorer, drives play in a real significant way. Caden Lindstrom, a big, strong, powerful, with skill centerman that plays in Medicine Hat. Those types of players, Jason, as you well know, when you're six foot four, 215 pounds, and you've got skill, and you've got drive, and you got a little bit of edge, those players don't last very long in a draft. And Caden Lickstrom might be the guy that might find his way right up right up into that upper tier of players. And that upper tier of players, I just mentioned two of them, Celebrini and Eisenman. Demidoff it is a terrific player, Hellenius. From Finland is a terrific player. Let's shoot off the defenseman is going to play at Michigan State. Lidstrom could find his way up there because of everything that he has. And, and then, and, and then after that, you know, it might not be as deep a year. The, the young player up in Prince George right now, the played at the Edge School last year. He's leading the Western Hockey League in goals and points. And it's, it's really impressive to watch him. And, and he might be that player that just takes those steps really significantly forward. Like, not not in the, not in on the radar early on, but he has put himself clearly on the radar. Charlie Alec, who plays out in Medicine and Brandon, a defensive-type defenseman, those would be the five players that I would say right at this point in time are going to, you know, from the Western Hockey League that have put themselves you know, probably what I would say uh, in, 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 the, in the spotlight category of players to watch.
3: Awesome stuff, Craig. We appreciate it, my man. Have a good one. I will. You have a good one, too. That's Craig Button from uh, TSN. Joins us every Friday. We'll come back with uh, five questions on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Orders Nation YouTube.
1: Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Pause of Friday continues on. Sports 1440. Jason Greger, Juan Gretz with you. Brandon Douglas, the Duke, filling in as a con man. Uh, off early for the Thanksgiving weekend. He has a big uh, Elks watch party that he is uh, hosting tonight. So... Elks, of course, uh, taking on the first place Toronto Argos. A a real tough test for the green and gold. And they got to win to keep their uh, extremely slim playoff hopes alive. They need to win all three and hope Saskatchewan loses all three. So it's possible, not likely. But it's mathematically possible. But
5: their season's had a surge. We were sitting here talking about oh. the losingest team since the history of the ball was invented, <laughs> and now we're talking about slim playoff chances. They've turned it around to some degree.
3: They have. Oh yes, no, their second half has been infinitely better. So at least like fans of the Elks are like, okay, you know what? I got some reasons to think that next year can be better. So uh, that's good. Let's get to uh, five questions now. Brought to you by the Brick. It's Midnight Madness tonight. Okay. The stores don't open until 5 o'clock. They're open from 5 to midnight tonight, and you have massive savings across the board. So if you ever consider to be a late-night shopper, tonight's the night at The Brick.
2: It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show.
0: Question number one for you guys. As the regular season quickly approaches, what is your biggest question or concern with this rendition of the Edmonton Oilers? Bottom six scoring. I mean, we know the
5: top dogs are going to deliver and then some, but what are the bottom six going to bring to the table? That keeps me awake at night on odd-numbered days.
3: That's fair. I I think, honestly, to me, for the Oilers, it has to be how consistent will their goaltending be. And it doesn't have to be great if it's consistent um even even if it isn't i think the orders like look they finished second in the division last year and had what 100 and i can't remember 107 points whatever it was 109 um and jack campbell had an 888 so they're good enough to overcome it but that to me is probably the main thing to watch for
0: question at number two if you were setting the over under for connor brown points this year where would you be putting that line at That's a really good question. Um,
3: You know, 43 points, I think, is his career high. Um, Obviously, everything hinges on being healthy. Now, really, if you look at his career, I think he missed like two games in his first six seasons. So the guy's being healthy. Last year, he had an unfortunate injury, and he cost him the whole season other than four games. So I don't really think he's injury prone. So I'm going to go off of the uh, believing he's going to be healthy. I'm going to put it at 56.5. That's a lot of
5: points, yeah. I'd, i I'd, anywhere in the 40s, I'd be happy. I think that's a good season out of him.
3: No, no, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I just, I think Brown and if Kane, like, I think that line is, is I think they're going to be pretty good. I like the uh, Brown's a really smart player, he's got good enough finish, and Kane's a shooter. Like, they that that trio stays healthy. I think it'd be pretty dangerous.
0: Question three, lots of football on this weekend with several CFL games, including that big one you guys talked about tonight in Vancouver. Is there a football game, CFL or NFL, that you are most interested in, interested in this coming weekend?
5: I want to see if the 49ers could be 5-0 and with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. It's quite a storyline in the league where you're paying top dollar for quarterbacks to move teams that this guy can come in and... Mr. Irrelevant, he's got them to 4-0. It's and he, no joke. He's never lost a regular season game. Uh, this can continue forever in mm-hmm. my mind.
3: Yeah. Um, I like that one on Sunday. Elk game. I just want to see where the Elks stand up tonight. Like, I'm very – it's pizza night at the Gregor household. So, I get home. I got the game on PBR. So, I'm not going to f- see what's going on. I get home. My son, We're gonna. he likes to watch the games now together. It's great he's at that age. So, I'm going to sit down and watch the Elks. Argos. I want to see how the offense uh, – if they can run the ball like they have – Lately against the Argos. This will be,
0: you know, we'll show that, hey, you know what? The Elks, they might be someone to reckon with next year. Nobody's taken a close note on the game in London, England again this week. Jacksonville, Buffalo, 7.30 a.m. mountain yeah, time start.
3: Yeah, but there's no t- there's no Toy Story channel with it. Did you That's watch That's the only that way you like week your... Weeks? Yeah, my, you know, I watched it. My son was quite intrigued by it, Yeah, right? And because he's kind of like, well, what do you mean, Dad? And I'm trying to explain it to him. I'm like, let's just watch it because I'm doing a terrible job explaining this because he you know, obviously had seen Toy Story quite liked it. And then, and they've done that before. I don't know if you've watched the NFL games Wanye or not. When they have, you know, it's all superimposed and it just, it makes it more kind of cool and fun and not just for kids. I was, you know, I'm an adult. I was watching. I was like, eh, that's pretty funny. Like when they're, you know, you show, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Lawrence, the one time he's running and all of a sudden he's got like jets on his feet on the screen cause he's going faster. So it's, you know, it was better than the blue puck. I'll say that.
5: So you're telling me that the way you like to watch your football is at seven 30 in the morning from London, England, if it's a cartoon?
3: Well, no, I'm just saying this weekend it won't be as intriguing because it's not a cartoon. It was, and we were in a hotel after a wedding and my son was up, so there's nothing else to do. So we watched. Fair.
0: It is Thanksgiving this weekend up here in Canada. What is the best part of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner? You
5: got to go leftovers for an extended period of time after. It's a good answer.
3: But for me, pumpkin pie. Homemade pumpkin pie and fresh whipped cream you get it fresh the duke can understand this being a farm guy fresh whipped cream fresh from the cow is unbelievable it's so much better than the stuff you buy in the
0: store homegrown pumpkins for the uh oh yes you're pulling those out of Carius's garden or you grow them uh Uh, no
3: my mom has some at the farm
0: oh yeah yeah hypothetical friday if you could travel in time once would you be going forwards or backwards, backwards, and to what year?
5: That's a real head scratcher. You gotta go forwards in time and get some information and come back and profit off of it. <laughs> Who wins the next game in Jacksonville uh, of, of Jacksonville in London? Uh, and what cartoon are they playing in? You're,
3: you're gonna be biff in, yeah, in back to the future. Exactly.
5: Just give me one XFL game score I can bet on when I return to
3: the past. Oh man. So, I would like to go back in the past to a time where, to me, I really like the, uh, you know, the 60s because of the music. I would just want to go there. I'd want to go to one of the dances that they had there. Because, you know what? When you, when you look at, when we see our dancing today, it's fine. It's just different. And though at old school, like that era to me, man, the cars too. Cars are pretty sweet. So I'd like to go back to the 60s just for a time. Like, it would be very simple. Obviously, we wouldn't have the technology, right, that we have today. So I would want to go back for the music, the dancing, and the cars. I'm imagining
5: you pulling up to 1960s on The Rocks, dressed like Austin Powers in, like, a roadster, being like, I like got one night in the 60s, baby.
3: Yeah. well, buddy, that'd be unbelievable. That'd be
5: unbelievable. God. I want to go back in time now to watch that. That's what I want to do with my wish.
0: <laughs> what about you, Duke. Backwards seems uh, the better choice, and who knows what the future holds. Originally, when Connor asked me this out uh, when we were prepping at the bar here, I said, how do we know what year the sun is going to implode? We do. Jump right to then just to see it. Like, if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that going to actually look like for oh, us here on Earth?
3: It could so, be crazy. Uh,
0: but otherwise, going backwards, 70s, 80s, I, I love 80s, 90s country music. That's my go-to. So like, what a lot, a lot like what you said with uh, going back and checking out some of the scenes and stuff to see, uh, you know, George and Keith and Garth and their prime and stuff oh. uh, out on stage. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh,
3: Garth Garth could rock it. There's no uh, there's no doubt about that. Hey fellas, can hear you all the way downtown in Calgary. Much better. We couldn't pick up 1260 for Mike. Well, drive safe, Mike. We like it, like it a lot. Um, uh, before we go, do you want to go to the Oil Kings? We have a suite. No, sorry, four low seats to a Monday afternoon Thanksgiving Monday. They've moved the time to noon. It's a noon start on Monday, four low seats. If you want to go, text in right now, 833-401-1440. Put your name, your email, that's it. Your name and your email, and the Duke will pick a random winner, and we will send you those four low seats for Monday. Make sure you can go first. do not We'll give you time. We'll pick a winner after the break, so you got lots of time. Make sure you can go. We don't like sending tickets and then not using them, because that's a big waste. We have a rule. Don't waste the tickets. So there you go. Let's get to... Brandon Douglas and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. They're so excited that Sports Talk Radio is back. They have a great deal right now on all compact BX extractors, zero percent financing for.
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials?